0: the garden is growing episode 2 seed starting my name is Joshua Meekins join me as I start seeds indoors prepare the outdoor garden for a new year and learn techniques to help my plants thrive I'll start each week with an overview of what I've been up to this past week my neighbor had about eight trees removed from his yard Uh, One of them, he told me that he even remembered planting with his dad, uh, probably over 25 years ago. I've been on a wait list for a arborist to have them deliver some uh, wood chips, some arborist mulch. And I haven't gotten a load since uh, about last spring, last summer. I'm currently needing chips to put under a large beech tree in our yard, that had some terrible dirt, some rocks, some trash, some broken glass. I've gotten out all the big things. The previous owners of our house just took terrible care of this area of the yard. So I cleaned it up as best I could. I got the recommendation of loading it with mulch, uh, specifically arborist mulch. So straight from the trees, you get a combination of the wood from the tree, some leaves, uh, some foliage. So it's a great uh, a mix especially if I'm wanting to just uh, load it into the area and over time let it break down and turn into soil. And I also use the mulch for lining my garden Uh, outside my raised beds and grow bags. um, It's a great material to keep the grass down and making some really nice walking paths within the garden. So I talked to the company that was removing the trees uh, from my neighbor's yard and I told them that they are free to drop the mulch right next door in between our houses. In my experience is the arborists jump on this opportunity. I believe they have to pay whenever they dump the mulch, so if they can travel less distance, one yard away, <laughs> and not have to pay anything, it's a it's a win-win scenario. And the quality of this stuff is is great. Of the eight trees plus some trimmings that my neighbor had removed, I have about 20 cubic yards of mulch, sitting in a giant pile as tall as I am on my yard. So another project added to my many projects to do this spring. But it's great. Uh, This is going to be more than enough to finish filling under the beech tree and more than enough to uh, put in my vegetable garden. The past week and a half, I've started three different rounds of seeds, some flower seeds, some vegetable seeds, and I'll be talking about that in this podcast. I've also done more prep on the basement grow room. It's an unfinished basement that sometimes has occasional water issues. Been working to uh, waterproof it as best I can, the area where I will be having this grow space. So that involves uh, wire, using a wire brush and some caulk and some waterproofing paint. And so far it's been working really well. We've had two rains and it has held. So I'm gonna be doing a little bit more of that to the area before I fully enclose the space uh, with a thick plastic to hold in the heat when I start using the space to grow my seedlings. So I'm hoping to have them down there in the next uh, week or two. They currently are sitting on my desk, uh, again, not too far from my microphone right now, but it's great. I can see them popping out of the dirt. Oh, another great thing we did this past week was for the first time, checked out a local garden center that we have just about 15 minutes away from where we live. Uh, I took my wife and my two boys, and we uh, had a great time. It's a small shop, but they had so many things. It's a half hardware store, half seed supply and garden center. It's still February, so they are still getting some of their supply in. Uh, They buy in bulk, and they package their own seeds to resell. I had a great conversation with them about strawberry plants they have some bare root strawberries that they were just getting delivered that day i saw the person bringing them off the truck and was able to uh, talk to i believe one of the owners about the best practices for growing strawberries i haven't had strawberry plants since i was a kid between now and the last frost is when we'll put these strawberry plants in the ground so great time at the garden center picked up some more flower seeds, some vegetable seeds, uh, cucumbers and zucchini, the varieties I've been using, I'll definitely be going back to that, that store. The main topic, seed starting. All right, so I'm going to share with you some good practices when it comes to seed starting. I started seeds a week and a half ago, and one of the things I have to be very cautious on is not starting things too soon. We're still about eight weeks away from the last frost date, and depending on where you're listening from, your frost date may be sooner or later. Here in central Virginia, we are expecting the last frost to occur between April 15th and 27th. Plants like peppers take a long time to grow, and they don't get too large too quickly. They're a great thing to start. Those are the very first things I started. Tomatoes, it's still technically a little early to start tomatoes, but I went ahead and did it because I know I'll have the extra space downstairs once the grow room is set up to be able to up-pot the tomatoes into larger size containers to allow them to grow before I'm able to put them into the ground. So we'll use the last frost date. And you can just google your city or your town and last frost date and find the information on when it's expected now we only use that as a as a guide when starting seeds and to make sure we're not starting seeds too soon dirt so the dirt that you want to start seeds in is important you don't want to just grab dirt from outside if you can help it or use a regular bag of potting soil it's really best to use a what's called a soilless mix so that way it won't be carrying anything that'll hurt the plants. also best not to use anything with added chemicals i'm growing an organic garden so i'm not going to be using any chemicals or chemical fertilizers i will be using natural and organic material in my garden as i have since my first one uh well since i guess my second one the first year i did use some miracle grow which i had used growing up now i know it's really not the best stuff if you use it i'm not going to judge you It is a very popular product out there, but there are better, I'd say better products, more natural products that will give you very similar results, if not better results, and it will be better for your soil in the long run. So if you're going to be planting year after year, you really want to give your soil organic ingredients to be able to thrive over time. You don't want to eliminate nutrients from the soil. So when starting indoors, what you want to look for is a soilless starting mix. You'll see ingredients like peat moss, vermiculite, coconut coir, perlite, humus. These are all great for seed starting mixes. Some will help with moisture retention. Others will help with uh, structure in the dirt. A lot of mixes are sterile. Some may have added fertilizer. Last year, I started experimenting with compost and I'm looking forward to expanding on that this year. But other than a little bit of compost, I haven't given my plants food. Using quality garden soil, my plants in my garden very much thrived without adding any fertilizer. This year, I am definitely going to experiment with fertilizer. I'll have some plants that I'll give it to, some plants I won't give it to, and kind of compare how they grow and and produce. All right, so we know we need to figure out when our last frost is so we don't plant too soon. We need to have a decent growing medium to plant the seeds in and we need a container to hold this medium. Lots of options when it comes to containers. You don't have to necessarily go out and buy anything. You might wanna use some plastic yogurt cups, maybe some food takeout containers. Those can be good if they have the the top to them. You can use as a humidity dome. A lot of people like using plastic party cups. Those big, I think 18 ounce cups are great for larger plants as well. You can transplant into them or start directly you don't have to transplant as often. You can also use toilet paper and paper towel tubes to help uh, guide the, the roots of plants. So having those sit on a tray, the dirt inside the toilet paper paper towel tube just need a you know, couple inches tall. I would avoid using glass jars. I've had uh, a negative experience with glass jars, specifically ones with the lip at the top, where the opening of the jar is smaller than the, the base of the jar. And it kind of makes sense, and I probably should have realized it before I tried it a couple of years ago, but it was almost impossible to get the plant out of the jar in a decent condition because it doesn't just slide out. I can't squeeze the sides of the jar to pull, to help loosen the soil, and that lip prevents it from sliding out. And another reason to avoid glass jars and similar containers, it's ideal to have holes at the bottom of the containers and then a tray underneath for these containers to sit on. The main reason being, Overwatering is one of the biggest issues that seed starters have. I know I've had experience with overwatering plants because you are watching them every day. You're wanting to help them grow and you often give them too much water. If there's holes in the bottom of the container, it can help drain. That will help the health of your roots. So highly recommend containers with holes in the bottom. You can also use the six-cell containers that you will often see when you buy flowers from a garden center or a big box store. It'll come in a little six-cell plastic container, very thin plastic. If you're careful with those containers, they can be used year after year, even though they're technically considered disposable. I have a bunch of those left over in the past. And I've actually, this year, I've bought larger versions of those for seed starting and for transplanting. Some common sizes you'll see for those cells, it's all in relation to the standard 10 by 20 tray. That's 10 inches by 20 inches. So if you see it listed or hear someone say a 72 cell tray, well, that would be 72 cells that fit within a 10 inch by 20 inch tray. So a 72 cell tray would be one and a half inches by one and a half inches. So an inch and a half square for each plant. So an inch and a half, inch and a half, 72 of those would fit in a 10 inch by 20 inch tray. All right, so you have a calendar on when you're gonna start your seeds. You have dirt to put into the containers. You've got the containers to hold the dirt. Now, what's left? Well, you need seeds. Seeds are high in demand. Uh, 2020 saw a boom for home gardening, putting a strain on seed suppliers. My understanding is there's not a shortage of seeds. Plants produce so many seeds, it's just the manpower needed to harvest and package and to prepare these packets and the lack of man hours during COVID restrictions where these seed packets are prepared. What I'd recommend is deciding what seeds you'd like and going ahead and ordering them now. Either going into, I'd say ideally, a local garden center. You can also find seeds online. If you don't have too much of a preference, you should be able to find seeds all the way through the year. But if you have any specific ones in mind, I'd recommend going out and trying to find them now. Now, when it comes to finding seeds, there's a bunch of different types of seeds. You'll see different things on the packets, and it's not always clear what the differences are with these seeds. I've done some more research this year than years past to try to understand the differences of the seeds. Some of the things you'll see on the packets are non-GMO, heirloom, hybrid, Organic. What do all these mean? Well, first off, if you see something marked as non-GMO, that's great. But then again, all of these seeds are going to be non-GMO. Non-GMO seeds are what's available to home gardeners. GMO seeds are rare. They are reserved for more farm operations. My understanding is that you and I as home gardeners aren't able to get GMO seeds at all. So if you see something marked non-GMO, yes, that's correct. If you don't see that on a seed packet, well, it's still most likely not in GMO. Hybrid seeds. Uh, hybrid seeds are created from combining two different plants. So you might have two different tomato plants. One produces large and delicious tomatoes. Another plant may be more resistant to some insects. So a hybrid can combine those two plants together and create a new type of tomato plant that is more ideal combining those two together. Some people like these, some people don't. One downside is you have to buy the seeds again every year. Can't save seeds from these plants and use them to grow the same type of plant again the following year. You would have to buy the seeds again from the companies that make them in order to get the same variety again. Organic seeds. To get the label on the packet, it needs to go through certifications. It needs to be grown without chemicals. Conventional, non-organic seeds don't have those restrictions. The plants that grow the seeds can have chemicals used on them. Or it could just be that the grower didn't go through the certification process to get organic on the label. And it may be organic seeds, but they just can't advertise it. Heirloom seeds. Heirloom seeds are my favorite. These seeds can be either organic or conventional, but they have been around for decades, if not hundreds of years. These seeds are the same seeds that our great-grandparents also could grow. So an heirloom tomato plant that was grown 100 years ago, I can get that same type of seed now and grow it, and it'll have the same characteristics as the tomato plant that was grown 100 years ago. Um, I've seen different things that to classify heirloom seeds. One thing I read, it has to be a variety that's been around for more than 50 years. Not sure exactly if there's a tried-and-true classification to make something an heirloom seed, but it's something that's been around for a very long time. And a great thing about these is you can save seeds from your plants and grow the exact same type of plant in future years. That's something I want to start doing this year. So I'll buy seeds from a few places. Uh, since I started my garden, I've been buying seeds online. Uh, there's a great there's a great store online called MI Gardener. Uh, it's a popular YouTube channel. Uh, you'll see Luke from MI Gardener. You'll see his videos often if you start searching for how to grow things. I think they're very informative and he has a lot of energy when it comes to sharing the information. So I've been using M.I. Gardener seeds since I started my garden here in Virginia uh, five years ago. And I'll use a YouTube channel to help when it comes to learning techniques for growing individual plants. This year, I've gotten seeds from M.I. Gardener. I've gotten seeds from my local garden center. And I've gotten one packet of seeds from a big box store. (laughs) Uh, before I checked out the local garden center. all right now time to get dirty. when you start your seed, one thing I recommend is pre-wetting the growing medium. I the first two batches of seeds I started this year the first one I put the growing medium it was pretty dry directly into my trays then I planted the seeds, put a little bit of the growing medium on top of the seeds instead of making a hole just adding a layer on top to give it the recommended. Uh, depth and then I watered and I found that the water took a little while to absorb and it started to pull on the top and it made it so the seeds started moving around a little bit so it wasn't very ideal. The second round of seeds I started I pre-wet the mix in a large bowl just combined water and the seed starting medium and it was very messy which definitely makes it more fun. And doing it that way, I was able to lightly pack it into the different cells and it worked out so much better. I put the seeds on, I put a little bit on top of the seeds to give it that depth that it needs. Uh, Most packets will tell you on the back. What's the recommended depth to bury the seed? Often it's a quarter of an inch, so it's very close to the surface. Make sure you don't bury seeds too deep or else it'll have a hard time germinating and, and finding the light when they're ready. So after planting the seeds... It's important to put them somewhere warm. Some seeds like tomatoes and pepper plants germinate best at a higher temperature, upper 70s to the mid 80s. This year, for the first time, I purchased a heat mat. It's a a 20 inch by 10 inch mat that you can just sit your trays on top of and you plug it in. I also purchased the thermostat. That's an option because I read some of the reviews where the heat mat, if it just stays on all the time, will raise the temperature too high and end up burning the soil, burning the plants that are trying to grow. And I've had great success so far. Um, I had my tomato plants germinate in just four days. Now, this is the first year I've done it. So in the past, when I haven't used it, it's been fine. If this is your first year gardening or if you're just doing a couple plants You really don't need to order a a heat mat. They're not that expensive. They're about $15. The thermostat is about $15 to $20. So it's not crazy expensive. But then again, if you're just starting a, a small amount of seeds, I'd say don't worry about it. Try to find a location that's warm in your house. If it's near a computer or near a windowsill, somewhere the sun might heat as well. Some seeds need light to germinate, like lettuce seeds. I actually learned that this year. Oftentimes, seeds will germinate without any added light, just the heat. But then as soon as they pop out of the dirt, that's when you want to have a light on them. If you don't have a light on them, they will get weak trying to find light. Some people will put plants just by the windowsill, which honestly isn't ideal. If it's your only option, definitely go for it. However, a lot of plants require 12 to 18 hours of light a day. And if you're putting it by the windowsill, even if that windowsill gets direct light for the majority of the day, it's gonna be well below 12 hours of light. And also on cloudy days, they may be getting very, very little light. So I'd recommend getting a grow light. There's many options. There are LED grow lights. There are incandescent lights. There are fluorescent lights. Uh, Fluorescent lights are what I started with. And this year I upgraded to LED lights. My first setup that I mentioned in the last podcast was a four foot shop light with two bulbs. Now, unfortunately last year that shop light died on me during seed starting season. So I had it on the plants and it wouldn't turn on. And I was planning on replacing it with another shop light, but I couldn't find one at the local store that actually just had room for the bulbs. Only ones that had the pre-installed LED strips in the shop light. Now I got one without doing much research and I ended up getting a, an LED shop light that just wasn't great for plants. It didn't have the, uh, the amount of light that plants use, uh, the correct spectrum of light. And it made my seeds struggle from the get-go. The cucumbers and zucchini seeds I started last year never made it into the garden. They died beforehand. And I ended up direct sowing zucchini and cucumbers, and they did great. I had to wait a little bit longer, but at least all wasn't lost. There are some advertised as grow lights that have full spectrum. That's what I ended up getting for this year. The kit I got was eight lights, eight two foot lights, and they can be strung together to be on one plug. Uh, They're very bright and they're full spectrum, so they have all of the different wavelengths that the plants can absorb. And so far, it's going great. My seedlings are responding well. They're not getting long and skinny they're staying nice and healthy. There's lots of resources available online for grow lights. You can also get some light bulbs for some existing lamps that you may have that would be very great for your plants. So you don't have to go out and buy expensive rigs to be able to get your seeds starting well. There are different things you can upgrade to later if you enjoy seed starting, but if this is, you know, one of the first years you're doing it, you're able to find inexpensive light options. All right, now the seeds I'm growing this year, there's a lot of them. So I'm going to go over the new ones for me, the ones I haven't done before that I'll be trying for the first time. And on my Instagram, the garden is growing on Instagram. You'll be able to see all of the seed packets that I am using. I've taken photos and they're all available for you to see on Instagram. So go over there to to see every single seed I'll I'll be growing this year. The new ones for me this year. Uh, for the first time, in addition to doing a bell pepper, I'm doing two different types of hot peppers. I'll be growing serrano pepper for the first time this year. Serrano is a hot pepper. Another pepper I'm going to be doing, which is the one that I'm a little scared of, but very excited, is the ghost pepper. A very, very hot pepper that you have to be careful when you're eating. The Scoville scale is used to determine the heat of a pepper. and The ghost pepper has a Scoville scale of one million. So I'm excited for this one. I just want to try it. I want to grow something this hot and see how it goes. And looking forward to sharing it, too. So I'm hoping that that goes well. All right. Other new things I'm doing this year. Onions. I've never done onions before. I haven't really done any root vegetables. So I'm looking forward to doing onions, some sweet onions. I'm looking forward to doing some carrots as well and potatoes Uh, fruit i'm going to be doing cantaloupe and i'm going to try growing cantaloupe on a trellis to see if i can go vertical since i don't want to take up all the space that cantaloupes can take up as they're vining along the ground and then more flowers this year i'm looking for some more shade loving flowers since one of the flower beds along the side of our house is in the shade most of the day whereas our vegetable garden is in full sun I'm going to try to find some shade-loving flowers that I can start here soon. Resources. All right, I'm going to start giving you a resource that I enjoy at the end of each show. Some other podcast or website or Instagram that I find very useful, very fun when it comes to learning. Today's resource is another podcast. It's called The Joe Gardner Show with Joe Lample. This is one I've been listening to for a couple of years. Great personality. He has YouTube videos. He does a podcast and does a lot of interviews with different professionals, people that have been in the business for a very long time. And I find a show great. So I'm going to recommend two specific episodes. And they're all about seed starting. They're going to be in the show notes. And you can click the links to go directly to the different episodes. That'll be this week's resource, The Joe Garner Show with Joe Lample. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this second episode of The Garden is Growing with me, Joshua Meekins. Please check out my Instagram. You can find me by searching The Garden is Growing or clicking the link in the show notes. Um, You can also email me at joshua at thegardenisgrowing.com. Feel free to comment on my Instagram posts or send me an email if you have any questions or want to share any information. Or if there's something I mentioned that you disagree with and think that there's a better option or a better way of doing things. Again, I want to grow as I'm doing this process of seed starting and improving my garden. There's so much information out there. It gets overwhelming. I just want to have fun with my garden while learning and improving. And I want you all to to join me with that. Even if you do something wrong, I'm sure I'm going to have at least a dozen two dozen mistakes this year. I'll grow the wrong variety of something. I'll overwater. I'll underwater. I'll use the wrong type of light. There's going to be so many mistakes I make this year and that's okay. The garden is growing and it's going to take a lot for that to stop. I'm going to help it as best I can, but these plants are going to grow. And until next week, uh, thanks again for joining me and I'll see you on Instagram. Goodbye.